This is the one with a graveyard stench. A very valuable piece of coinage. The maniacal laughter of a mama's boy. Non-stick bullets. And the return of Bagel's blood and thunder days. It's called Battlefield. Here we Here go. We're embarking on a voyage all through time and all through space. Counting Daleks, Talent Boot, and the Cybertronic race. Sontarans look like taters, and Silurians all have wonky scales. And the Doctor has a TARDIS, we're reviewing all his tales. Who back when? Reviewing all of who there is. Who back when? Subscribe and rate on iTunes, please. Episode by episode, we're trudging down this temporal. Come join us on this odyssey. What other choice could there be than who back when? Who back when? Well, hello beautiful people out there in podcast land welcome once again to another episode of that glorious podcast who back when whoop, whoop, whoop. i ruined like that by saying past <laughs> yeah there we go <laughs> well recovered <laughs> forgot there's a format to this <laughs> whatever can't That's just say point. words let's go they need meaning <laughs> yeah three months all over anyway i am jim <laughs> That beautiful voice that saved me, saved this podcast introduction, oh. was Leon. Hello, Leon. Hello, Jim. Hello, podcast lands. We have arrived at battle. We have arrived. Yeah, we've arrived at a significant point because this is the first serial of the last series of Classic Who we'll be reviewing. I know. And it's called yeah. Battlefield. It's mad that there are, including this one, four episodes of the TV show. Plus the movie, yeah. and that is it. Then we've done it all. Then we've reviewed every single bloody thing. I mean, you have, dude. You have reviewed every single bloody thing. Yeah, <laughs> damn right. Then even I the things that didn't even have thing. things. <laughs> <laughs> bonkers, bonkers stuff. Anyway, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that there's more to come. This is not yes. the end, but we are here talking about Battlefield C one five six. What did you think? Top level? Well high level yeah i love the pants off this cereal <laughs> it's great mm. it's so insane i cannot yes. but enjoy it how about you <laughs> i'm i'm pretty much in same camp territory okay I, yeah, at the good. moment i think i must admit even just sitting down to work out bits to write the b scale the reality of this cereal was settling in my brain a little bit of just <laughs> how insane and possibly bad it is but at the same time, I loved the fuck out of it when I was watching it. Good. So oh, I'm so, so pleased to hear it. <laughs> we are obviously chomping at the bit to get into the nitty gritty details of this. So yeah. how about we do a little bite-sized chunk of who and then get straight mm. back to it? Oh, Cake Meister, that is a fabulous suggestion. Let's do just that. Time for us to synopsize, lovify and summarize. So take a view and grab a brief and listen to this overview. This free for all we like to call a bite-sized chunk of who. Bite-sized chunk of who? Brigadier Alistair Gordon Lethbridge Stewart, bagels to his friends, has been many things: a soldier, a hero, a skeptic, a teacher, and as seen in this very serial the world's champion. But his greatest accomplishment is perhaps being the cutest, but dimmest, husband in the galaxy. He might have the sweet banter down, but there's still plenty he can learn about putting his wife Doris before thoughts of glory. And he's about to be truly tested because Unit is calling him out of retirement 
to team up with the Doctor once again. Unit, in all of its misguided heroism, is wandering around the countryside with a nuclear weapon. So when a load of interdimensional knights pop out of Arthurian legend, it's a good thing that Doc and Ace are on Earth to tame the situation, or blow things up, throw some sorcery into the mix in the form of Morgane, Battle Queen of the Srax, and they'll have to work hard to stop the world being destroyed by the evil forces waging their own war, or the sheer stupidity of the human military forces. Beast go over. You are welcome. Aren't you just dearest, dearest podcast land? Oh my god. All right, I am waking up. The Campari is hitting me. <laughs> nice. Okay. Give us some starter questions. You must have okay, fine. many. I have a few. So this is kind of another high-level one. Granted, this is the first, as you said, the first serial in a new season. But it is, is it the second time in a row, possibly the second time in a row, that we've had historical figures sort of levisiteuring into the 1980s? Because we had the Silver Nemesis as well, and we had people from the past showing up and feeling a wee bit discombobulated in present-day England. Which one did it better? Interesting. One of my early notes is literally much better cereal so far. Because yeah. we had bagels, we've got units, yes. we had space knights. And... <laughs> yeah, you bet your ass we do. And in in my mind at the point where I wrote this, I think the most improved thing compared to some of the recent serials and the one you mentioned as well was that it was... Yeah. Oh, you're right. That's two serials ago, isn't it? Silver Nemesis. Sorry. But I feel like just in general, the last couple of serials... Well, I've not been totally on board with, like, they've been a little bit too over the place. There's not enough True. structure or there's not enough, I don't know, grounding to make them all make sense. Like, this one doesn't make sense. Let's just get that out. Wait, what do you mean it doesn't make sense? Oh, we are going to get into this, dude. Or do you want to put a pin in that? Well, okay. What What is Morgane after? Why is there a distress signal sent out to Merlin, which Doc receives? When does Doc become Merlin and Bill and Ted all the stuff? Do do we actually ever see that? I don't know, just in general. Lots of lots of bits mostly around the edges or in, you know what, I don't actually care territory. But still, there are questions. <laughs> yeah. Now that you say all that stuff out loud, I do realize you're absolutely right. This doesn't make sense. This whole thing hinges on the flimsiest of circumstances that is never substantiated in this serial. Yeah, okay, yeah, put a pin in that. <laughs> I mean, we can say one. It starts as a much better serial than the last few ones, though. I think, I think I very so. I interrupted you. No, we were talking over each other with the lag. It's fine. The thing for me, yeah, the start of this, it was just, we start with bagels. You're 10 points up right there, aren't you? And yeah. seeing Unit again, I can't remember when Unit last featured in a classic serial, but it was quite a while ago. I wanted to ask you about that as well, actually. Do you remember when we had, there was another Ace serial? Because there's that Dalek one. Oh, there is the Dalek one. But is that Unit? Is that Unit? It might not be Unit. It might be sort of Ooh. fake Unit. Funit. Funit. I might have misremembered, because I was sort of thinking this was the first time we'd seen Unit, like, for many, many series. Remembrance of the Daleks is the episode that I'm thinking of. Yeah, that's not Unit. That's just soldiers. So we have not gone crazy. Yeah. I mean, You're right. You're absolutely right. They probably wasn't that long ago they were there, but, like, basically when Bagels left, Unit was kind of done with, and we haven't seen Bagels for a long time. He was brought back in the Five Doctors. Yes. 
and I'm that again out right now in modern undead i think so yes exactly five doctors modern undead terror the zygons like you're absolutely right he has been a rarity so we're starting with maybe it's playing on nostalgia strings but they're good strings to pluck you know <laughs> Um, And I must admit, I'm a sucker for Arthurian legend stuff. I don't know much about it, but if if you give me some cheesy schlock about a round table or or some knights on a quest, I'm probably going to pay attention, you know? (laughs) Yeah, same. Wait, hang on. Was there a round table? Was there a round table? I don't... No, there wasn't. Anyone? There was was a massive missed opportunity that I did not realize was missed until just now. Yeah. I don't know a lot of the things that they took. From this legend, I mean, we had a Scalibur, we had mm-hmm. Arthur, Mordred, uh, well, I think. ish. I mean, yes, ish. Arthur was already dead. Excalibur is I a sort of... Yeah, I mean, I didn't really understand what Excalibur was, to be honest. No, nor I. Yeah, Mordred and Morgaine, I recognise the names. Don't really know anything about them. And yeah. then I think is a made-up person. I mean, don't know, but you know, it's not part. Morgaine of is definitely part of the legend. Yeah. So yeah, they were not ripping too much from it. I feel like they were just dropping some people and some nods to witchcraft and sorcery that has always been a bit part of it. You know, Merlin name dropped. I think that's actually the best part of it, the Merlin part of it. The fact that they're tinkering with time and Doc's timeline in particular to say that that thing that you know from legend, i.e. from the past, that's in his future and he is so weird right now, just wait until he grows even weirder and becomes that magician (laughs) from the past. I think that's ingenious. I did like that, yeah. It's kind of it, possibly not the first one I recall seeing on Classic Who, but it's not that often they do that kind of thing. Whereas No, I don't think so at all, yeah. Allusion to a future version of the Doctor at all, like let alone winding those two timelines across each other. By the way, they've written that serial or that story where Doc is Merlin and is an audiobook and... I looked this up, I didn't make a note of it, so I may be misremembering, but I think it's a Paul McGann audiobook. And Paul McGann, as in the next Doctor in line, goes and, I guess, travels to a parallel dimension, becomes Merlin, who is known as Merlin, and then leaves, fucks things up for everyone, and then leaves. And that's what this serial is referencing. Nice. So I kind of felt like we had seen this in TV Who. I couldn't remember... It's come up in classic before, or if it's come up in New Who. My mind went to Capaldi at first. I thought Capaldi had done this. And I was thinking particularly about when he's in medieval times on a tank playing the electric guitar. But maybe he wasn't Merlin. Maybe it was just somewhere else in the Dark Ages. I have no idea. I don't know. But either it's been said, or it's just perfect for the Doctor to be confused with Merlin, that it sounds like... Like, it feels like we already have seen this, you know, which is why it's nice that it's in this. Like, it just fits perfectly that the Doctor would be I think it does. I think you're very right to call that out. And I have a question for you. The seventh Doctor in this one, when he suddenly realizes they believe he is Merlin, he just instantly steps into that role. He instantly goes... In the We need to put a pin in his theatricality in this series, (laughs) because holy moly... He steps right into that role of Merlin. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the Doctor doing that and about Sly McCoy's execution of that? I think, I can't remember the first first time he does it, but I definitely did enjoy him latching onto that and pretending to be Merlin and using, like that felt a very Doctory thing, actually. Like yeah. we see that, I think quite a few times where 
there's a case of mistaken identity and the doctor just goes along with it that's part of the becomes part of the plan to yeah, that's get, plan. get entrance to somewhere or whatever it's a different different side to the same coin of when they use the psychic paper it's a case of getting through a situation impersonating someone effectively very true um, and i did enjoy mccoy obviously enjoying doing a lot of this stuff like definitely have to have a pin and talk about the way he acts in this the many things he does but in general yeah it was good i think there were a couple of points where i did feel like he was undoctor like the most oh, notable one that's in my head is when he's he's attempting to threaten mordred's life and he's being very aggressive about it and i think yeah, i guess we all know. prince charming has crashed through the ceiling in the brewery is that the scene you're th thinking of it's it's towards the end. Hang on, let me see if I can find my note. Okay. I can't find the note, but I just recall he threatens Mordred and Morgane calls his bluff. And then Bagel shows up and says, well, I'm not going to be bluffing, am I? Come save your son or he's fucking dead. <laughs> Three rounds <laughs> rapid. <laughs> oh, Bagels. Yeah, that is pretty terrific. And I see what you're saying about that maybe not being the most doctor-like, but... At least he salvages it by not being able to, by actually bluffing. Yeah, I was obviously very pleased he doesn't kill Mordred, and neither does Bagels, of course. <laughs> they don't turn companions into murderers really that often. What, did you want to expand on Doc and Merlin? Well, like I said, I really enjoy the fact that he, in the future, in a parallel dimension, actually put a pin on that as, as well for like 15 seconds from now, that he then and there is mistaken for Merlin. I think that makes perfect sense. You said it very well. It's sort of the natural choice. And but I love it. I really enjoy him being so venomous and aggressive when he's pretending to be Merlin because he's it's the only way out of that situation. He knows that if he doesn't play pretend at being a badass, they're gonna laser the shit out of all of them. So yeah, he, he pretends to be a bad guy himself or a bad guy, you know, a slightly nefarious magician, sorcerer. Fuck it, I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, I think he does a stellar job. Sly McCoy, in general, in this episode, is, this is the Rada reference of before, what is up with him? Like, what is he on in this serial? <laughs> it's mind-boggling how theatrical. He's treating this like an audition tape for a stage play, where he is emoting yeah. left, right, and center. Everything is for the back row. He's always just playing for the balcony. <laughs> But whatever the expression is, you know the expression I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, no, I was going to say the same thing. And also couldn't think of the correct way of saying it. <laughs> yeah. But yes, I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> and yeah, it doesn't even just stop at facial expressions and the way he's talking. Like, he's literally thrown himself into this role. Like, he's he does, like, somersault explosion things multiple times in this serial. And yeah. every time it's him and not a stunt double because he immediately yeah. gets up his faces in camera. Like, <laughs> he well, had a... time we had him sort of Bruce Willising away from an exploding circus tent, and he doesn't even yeah, yeah. flinch because he's such a bad MFer. He is, he is terrific. We thought <laughs> the third Doctor was an action-packed gung-ho James Bondian <laughs> Indiana Jones guy. Yes, the seventh Doctor is where it's at. This guy's made of TNT. He is, and I really was not expecting it. Like, I remember Ace blowing shit up. And like yeah. she was iconic in the bomber jacket and holding a baseball bat and smacking Daleks. So, I mean, it, in hindsight, it kind of makes sense that there would be an aggression, uh, action this to the doctor at the same time. Like, because otherwise there would be a bit of 
a weird mix there between companion and doctor but i just didn't really remember it and i remember the professor thing as well like i thought he was going to be more thinking more mind games getting oh, himself more professor self out yeah yeah like use logic to get out situation which he does but in this one, yeah, it's a bit more kind of action, a bit more bravado. Yeah, that is true. Whilst at the same time, still retaining that clownish element, that slapsticky element of, no, action is something that doesn't even touch me. I don't even know. I don't speak that language. I'm thinking of scenes like, there's one actually that stands out very well to me, which is part four, I think. There's a sword fight between... Oh, Anselin and Mordred. Hedgemans. Yeah, there you go, Mordred. He's, he's either Morris or Morsel in my notes because of autocorrect. And, uh, yeah, exactly. And he just Doc just walks through them. Like, at, at one point, they yeah. separate swords, and Doc just walks right past, is not touched by that situation. Morsel never goes, oh, fuck it, I'm going to slice your head off now. There's nothing. He's just slapsticking through it. And that goes entirely against the action-packed James Bondy vibe that he otherwise gives. True. No, he's he's very versatile in this, and I like I like that they've been that flippant with him, like with the character of the, the Seventh Doctor, where yeah, one minute he can be threatening and imposing, even. And, yeah. But it doesn't feel like a million miles away to me. Like the confidence he has to walk between two people that are sword fighting very aggressively. It's not, yeah. You know, it's not like a little slap fight. They're fully going for it, and yeah, he just walks between them. With it's the same action hero thing of like not looking back when there's an explosion. It's not yeah, a million does, miles as away. He does that? He has some silly delivery of "Don't mind me" or something like. Yeah, that. quite probably. Yeah, but but then it's also, still. I just realized, yeah. like ten seconds later, he shows up behind Morsel with his umbrella and somehow like ninjitsu's or rather bartitsu's his sword. You know. Yeah. And then Vulcan, not neck pinched, but like forehead like pinched. His forehead. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. No, okay. the Seventh Doctor is is very good in this. McCoy is very good in this. Like just scanning the notes I had around this whole bit at the end. Like I love the like we can talk more about Morgane, but when Dog is basically winning against Morgane, he has this wonderful, passionate speech about the horror of nuclear warfare effectively like i didn't absorb all the words to be honest but the emotion that is given across it and it ultimately it works like morgane is is a very honorable villain actually and she's totally against the idea of using nuclear weapons which we can is she unpack the, a little I mean, bit this is you mean the very last dialogue that they have right next to the gigantic abort button i think so yeah isn't I feel like he just, he talks her out of it because she starts reminiscing about how she went and shagged King Arthur in the forest. I think she that goes, oh, there's two parts right. to it. There's nothing to win here. You're, you're right. I shouldn't kill lots of people. I don't know what, what I was thinking. Raising a fucking crazy evil army and battling across the border of different dimensions. But now that you tell me it's wrong, I guess, I guess I buy that. And then she just, yeah, she genuinely says something like yeah i met with arthur in in a forest clearing and he he slipped me one. Oh, those were the days can't believe he's dead what just be glad <laughs> she wasn't running through fields of wheat or that theresa may wasn't talking about arthur anyway no the way i think the way i remembered it and maybe this isn't how it happened but doc talks about the nuclear weapon stuff explains it to her and she feels that's horrific and so she's already basically changing her mind but it's kind of two different things. One is that she's thinking about destroying the Earth, 
like she's about to fire this nuclear weapon, which is is just a bit of petty, oh, I've lost, I'm going to fuck you all over move. I don't think yeah. she gains anything by doing it. And so... No, that's probably true. He's talking her out of that. And then the second thing is this, which I don't fully understand, is this interdimensional or possibly not even interdimensional, just war in a different dimension between her and Arthur, which is slightly unexplained to me. Well, this but is where neither one of us really but... knows the legend very well. But I'm pretty sure that she is, if not the, then certainly one of the antagonists of of the Arthurian legend. Pretty sure. She's like the anti-Merlin, which kind of makes sense in the context of this story as well, because yeah. effectively she's battling Arthur, Doc joins Arthur as quote-unquote Merlin, and then imprisons her. And when she gets out, because she has been imprisoned for, de- for centuries or millennia, she's pissed off AF, and now she's just tracking Merlin. And that's why she is on our Earth, in our dimension. Oh, you think? So I wasn't sure if she's meant to be after Arthur, and somehow Arthur came to Earth, and somehow Escalibur is now blinking into life, and she's tracked that. Because this spaceship is at the bottom of this lake. That's a good point as well. In our dimension. Yes, that is a good point. But it doesn't make sense to me, to be fair. I'm trying to fill in the little bits that do make sense, and I still can't get the full jigsaw puzzle, you know. Is it that she needed Excalibur in order to win, or someone needed Excalibur in order to win, and so Doc took it out of that dimension back into his own, i.e. ours, and hid it in the same lake? Maybe? That's pretty shitty for Doc. Like, you like Earth. Why are you bringing war, war onto Earth by hiding yeah, it makes you... secret things that people want? <laughs> Absolutely. It makes you wonder what else he's hidden here. Yeah. What's going on, man? What what of our world has he hidden elsewhere? I mean, there's been lots of things on Earth that have been hidden. I don't know if they've all been the fall and the Doctor, but, you know, Pandora could well, Morgan goes, oh, you mind. have Excalibur. We'll trade you. We have the Trump P-tape. <laughs> Let's do a trade-off. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're going to pick apart this plot, yeah, then you're not going to find anything that makes sense. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> It's weird though. This none of this dawned on me when I watched this. I think it's just so immensely entertaining as serials go that you barely need a plot. Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I don't disagree with that. Like, I didn't get a chance to rewatch this, but I was kind of lamenting the fact that I had to write notes when I was watching this because I wanted to just watch it. Yeah. And I, I, I might go back a, over this weekend and just watch it for the sake of watching it. Which, to be honest, I haven't actually done with any of the classics for a long time. Oh my god, you should. Maybe once or twice. Treat yourself to a proper watch. Yeah, I might do. Yeah. But yeah, it was still very enjoyable even though I was writing notes and occasionally pausing it. Like, I was just swept up in the... It's a very theatrical aspect to it. Like, it's not winning any high drama awards, that's for sure. But it was just a spectacle. It was fun. It was a little bit campy in places. It was just... It was just good. But as it settles into my brain a bit, there were things that I knew I was kind of, like, letting slide even when I was watching it. And... Oh. One of them... Okay. Okay. Are we we ready to segue somewhere? Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. I think as much as I love... And the Red Dwarf people will get this female Lister, Deb Lister. Yes, yes. The new Brigadier. I just, I wasn't sure about her throughout the entire serial. And I do, I genuinely love that actress. 
I don't know what else I've seen her in other than this one episode of Red Dwarf. I know I've seen her in other things. Like, she was around in this era. But I just, yeah, could never quite understand what they were trying to do with this new Brigadier character. And the only thing I actually really enjoyed was, as bizarre as it was, as inappropriate in the two scenes it happened as it was, her flirting with Anselin and then him flirting back, both of them just saying, well, are you married? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which and also saw the so two of stupid. them wrestling because that's clearly how they caught each other. They just oh, yeah. show off their military skills, so they wrestle and beat each other to shit. It's just fighting so romantic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I quite enjoyed her actually. I thought she was really good, and it was nice. Given that Bagels has retired, it's nice that there is a new Bagels. But it's not new Bagels. It's Winif- Winifred Bambera, Hannah Bambera. Yeah who represents a younger generation, perhaps a slightly more action-y generation. And yeah, I think she was really good. I think she was a pretty strong character. I don't think that we ever get to see her again, though. And No, apparently not. And something that I feel is missing from her character is her interplay with other unit soldiers. Bagels had Yates and Benton, obviously. It's the wrong way around. Benton and Yates. And Bambera has, what's his name? I made a note, I made a note, uh, Zbigniew. But they don't have any real rapport. Zbigniew just happens to be a subordinate who is driving her places and then later on recognizes the doctor. That's it. So you Yeah, I mean, get... I didn't even realize it was the same soldier, to be honest, in multiple points. Like, she was just talking to so. other soldiers and... Exactly. Occasionally, I was exactly. vaguely aware. Oh, you're probably that same guy from the other scene, but I never <laughs> paid attention to his name. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're 100 right, though. That that was a big letdown for using a new bagels. Yeah, she had no one to bounce off. Like the closest she got, and I think probably why I enjoyed it was with Anselin, and that was obviously a relationship that was forming on screen. It wasn't it pre-established, and you weren't just seeing people already having banter, sort of thing. Yeah. Returning a little bit to the soldiers, there's an odd dynamic between... Uh, retro rewrite, okay? If you are introducing Bagel's replacement, then have that replacement do something Bagel's would normally do. Have them both want to do it. Bagel's sort of naturally wants to do it, can't really do it. The new one, new Bagel's, really does it super well. Old Bagel's realizes, you know what? I'm getting too old for this shit. Bagel's even says that in this one. And then she takes over. And that could be done either through an action, like maybe they both say three rounds rapid or whatever, and we realize, yeah, no, she's that guy. She's just that guy, but younger. Or they have a friend in common who looks up to her the way that that friend used to look up to bagels. And here we have, I've forgotten his name already, Zbigniew, who says, I used to work for that guy, and he had a chap on staff called the doctor. I bet you that's this dude. But then we never get to see Zbigniew and Bagels interact. If we saw those two in the same room at any point, Bagels could ask Zbigniew, so what do you think of the new brig? And his confidant, Zbigniew, would then go, yeah, you know what? I vouch for her. She's great. And then we as the audience buy it. But that never happens. And it's so weird that they set up this bridge between the two brigadiers and they never properly use it. Yeah, I think that's that's quite a fair point. And I think the big disparity that they also have, I might be misremembering, but I feel like Brigadier was very attached to units. Like, he led units. He led mm. 
little groups of soldiers and we get the new brigadier just randomly popping up all over the place on her own like she all oh, right she will just be in a scene where she's the only representative of unit maybe maybe bagels is there as well but he's not really unit in this he's no exactly something yeah. else and yeah it feels very different it doesn't feel like she's commanding something when she's there with all the troops She's obviously in charge and obviously commanding, and that's great. But then they'll put her in weird scenes where she's, it's just, you know, you're right. just her up against some knights or something, or she comes in to try and arrest Doc, and then the knights show up, and it's just, yeah, just it that's feels such a good point. A Why odd. is she running around wrestling with Prince Charming or hanging out with Doc and ev- like? Why is she doing any of that? Why isn't she ordering Zabagniev or someone else to do that for her? Yeah, they make a point of the very first scene with Doris and, and Bagels in the flower shop, whatever it is. Like she's joking, like, "Oh, when you were in unit, you just ordered people to do this," and he makes this yeah. stupid, cute little joke of. Oh, yeah, yes. I would have ordered Yates or Benson to, like, Pottery Patrol or I don't know what the hell it was. But <laughs> yeah, that's so true, yeah. Like, they're in this serial referencing the fact that he was a commander. He would order people to do things for him. And at the same so time, true. his replacement is not doing that. And that can be fine. That can work. But it just seems really odd when it's such a military organization. Like, that is the yeah. point. There is a hierarchy of command. And she isn't... She isn't given that. She isn't gifted that. And I think that is that is a real shame, actually. Like, I'm not being down on the fact that there's a new brigadier. The fact that it's a woman, definitely, those are good things. I think yeah. the problem is they didn't do it right. And maybe they realized that, and that's why we don't see this character again. I agree. Can you remind me, how does Ace feel about the new Brigadier? Because something that weirded me out was Ace disliking the old Brigadier. I can't remember what interactions they have. I think maybe she's just not really on board with any of the military people. Oh, right. Okay. I guess that kind of makes sense, being quite anarchic and so on. Yeah. That's kind of what I can picture, and it's what makes sense, right? Do you think it was odd that she didn't get along with Bagels, though? Bagels being one of Doc's closest friends, and I get he's a bit of a dinosaur. He looks at her and just goes, oh, this is the latest one, the latest companion. Which, like, fair enough. Bagels saw a whole bunch of companions. It's very, it's shitty of him to say it out loud, but I get it. To be honest, I think I missed that a little bit. What? So what happened that he he literally says that about her? Yeah, he's... I can't remember where this is. I guess it's when he first meets her. Mm. He's just met Doc. I love that scene. He meets Doc. They're reunited. They get go back up top and there is Ace, as well as the Ace facsimile we need to talk about. And... <laughs> And he's like, oh, yeah, oh, Doc, you've got a new face. You look you look great. And who's that? I guess that's your, I guess that's the latest one. And it's very, it's quite rude. Uh, because it's so depersonalizing. He doesn't give her a name. He doesn't say, oh, so what's your name and what's your story? I guess you're the latest one to be on these adventures. That's amazing. I'm so happy for you. He just goes, she's the latest one or she's the new one or something like, like that. And she's obviously hurt by that. I get it. Totally understandable. But then towards the end of the serial, I don't think that they ever make up. If they're throughout she is gonna dislike bagels and that's really odd it's like yeah i've got two best friends and they really hate each other (laughs) that's such an odd dynamic to me no you're right and actually thinking back to the time she did interact with soldiers where we've established it wasn't unit she was basically flirting and almost about to go on a date with the guy who ends up being the soldier boy yeah (laughs) yeah yes so weird so it's such yeah. a weird serial. 
Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I found the transcript actually for this bit. Oh, yeah? I wonder if they're playing into the fact that what the Brigadier actually says can be taken two ways and Ace chooses to take it the way where she's offended. Because okay. the line is, Brigadier is saying about the Doctor, he has many faces and he has many companions. This must be the latest one. Mm. He could be talking about the faces or he could be talking about the companions. Oh, I see what you're saying. I think he points at her when he says, uh, okay. this one. I think so. But I also, the way that you just read that, that doesn't sound mean necessarily i guess if if he emphasizes it a certain way and is pointing at her then yeah that doesn't sound yeah, right i mean it's definitely depersonalizing yeah. but he could they could have written another scene where he goes up to her and says i thought you were just one in a string of companions but you know what i have nothing but the utmost respect for you you are so courageous and pleasant and intelligent and capable ace it's a pleasure to meet you call me bagels and <laughs> then she gives him a nice tug on the old mustache and they're friends forever <laughs> but they didn't write that I scene i don't know why they didn't write that scene that scene writes I itself mean, it is pretty amazing i would pay money to see it but <laughs> i actually think it kind of makes sense that they wouldn't get on i think bagels does look at younger people and is probably a bit dismissive especially and non-military people like even though he is now a civilian i think he probably does look at people in a different way because he was mm-hmm. in the military for so long and Ace is very, like you say, maniacal and wouldn't really think of, like, he, he hasn't earned her respect, so he's not going to get any respect. The fact that he is a friend of a doctor, the fact that he was a military commander means nothing to her. And I think as much as I like Ace, I think she is a great companion and great fun to have on screen. Like, you only have to look at this serial to see how immature she is. And it, it creates some really nice moments, but, like, she's just very flippant and like she has that air of immortality that youth can give you like she's blowing shit up she doesn't care about it she's retelling stories about school where she's blown up the pottery class and is just so happy and gleeful about it all and it's yeah this is not that's not the kind of behavior you can imagine bagels really appreciate getting on board with no that is true that is true you are right but I don't know if that's how she's always been written. I wonder if that's... I think she may have been written slightly differently, slightly more adolescent in this serial compared to prior ones. Yeah, I think so. It felt like a little bit of a dialing back. That scene, by the way, where she talks about the school, it made me want to throw up. (laughs) It is... It's so cringeworthy when she's talking to fake ace, face, Face. and (laughs) just repeating... They're both repeating the word boom to each other who wrote this the person who wrote this is an old person yes. no one young would write this dialogue do you understand how fucking old you are to have written this <laughs> jesus god damn it yeah. right i'm gonna look him up ben Bronovich wrote battlefields did you look him up i have not looked him up actually i know he is no sorry. wait this is the writer i think there was a thing about the direct director having to be swapped out or something carry on Oh, no freaking shit bananas. Ben Aronovich, Aronovich, sorry, also wrote Remembrance of the Daleks. No way. Yeah. Yes way. This is the second time that it's like Remembrance of the Daleks is him going, okay, let me practice. I'm going to show off to the BBC. I could write unit. If you just let me call them unit, I could write them really well. (laughs) And then he he writes unit. That's really cool. 
done. No, that is that is interesting. Yeah, it's like we're not quite ready to trust you yet, Ben. Give us something else first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. And I think that actually kind of explains Ace in this. Like I feel like this is the same Ace that probably was in Remembrance of the Daleks, which was many serials ago now. And she has grown a bit since then, but now she's back to the same Ace. And the focus on her blowing up shit is dialed up. Baseball bat. Yeah. It's I think that yeah. Because that gets toned down in some serials. Like she's it's always there. Like definitely with the Nitro Nine and little nods and winks between her and Doctor about whether she has it or not. Yeah. But I felt felt like it was actually used more here and talked about more here which fits with Remembrance of Dalek yeah definitely she blows up a dude's life's work <laughs> at a certain point they're like oh can we go to this archaeological day how long have you spent on it does he not say 10 12 years 10 years oh, wow 10 years you've spent 10 years of your life you've gone here 10 years you must be really upset that the military is marching around possibly kicking some dust on your 10 years worth of work let me fucking detonate it old man and <laughs> And that's it. This guy's life's work turned to smithereens. His whole legacy destroyed. And and somehow, actually, she's rewarded for it. And he's really happy about it. It's like, oh, nice. Oh, thank you for blowing this up. I didn't realize there was a concrete tunnel under there. <laughs> yeah. Can, can we I kind of forget? Talk of face. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no, no. No, 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 no. Go for it. What were you going to say? I just, I couldn't quite remember what happened to him at the end. I think maybe we don't know. Um, It's fine. We don't have to talk I about. I don't. I don't know. I have no idea. No. Who cares? I think he's hypnotized to leave, just like everyone else. He he was definitely hypnotized to leave with along with the barman, the barkeep, and and his wife, who now can see. Yeah. Who's actually? Wait. I'm sorry. I just I just dawned on me that earlier in this serial, Mordred jokes around. <laughs> it's lucky she's blind because Pat is a fucking uggo. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. now she's not blind anymore. And it's like, we should have seen her just like walking look, look up with him. Mordred <laughs> saying, you're right. <laughs> I've ditched Pat. Let's go off to your interdimensional <laughs> castle. <laughs> that is much better than the scene I had in mind in which she sees her husband and goes, no, you're no Monta. <laughs> and then they snog or something. But, <laughs> uh, no, I much prefer yours. But yeah. Okay, can we put a pin in the now she can see thing? We're talking about Ace being really juvenile, blowing shit up, yada, yada, yada. That scene with the boom, oh God, and then went to school and boom, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Why is she having that conversation with a character who, why is that character here? Fake Ace. What's Fake Ace's name, by the way? She's just Fake Ace in my notes. She's Shu Yong. I don't okay. know if I've said that correctly. Why is she in this serial? I have no idea. What does she do there? Like, like quite genuinely. Nothing. But does she live there? Does she work there? If so, what does she do? No idea. She's, like, just coincidentally there. And... <laughs> but I think she's been there Maybe. for a while because she has helped the either the archaeologist... Yeah. The archaeologist and the pub landlord kind of blend together in my mind as one of the same person. She certainly stayed in that pub before because she knows that the beer is terrible and yeah. it's like she's one of the locals but not quite either way I don't think she plays a part like she doesn't have an actual tangible role to play in this society so why is she there entirely by herself she's presumably Ace's age she is exactly like Ace she's also into making her homemade explosives I mean why I guess she's there to give Ace screen time a little bit because 
I don't know. If there's a point where you have to write another character just to give the companion something to do, think again. Put the companion with the doctor, and then we can all be happy. Like, it's very frustrating sometimes that a lot of these serials end up with companion in zone A and doctor in zone Z. Like, they're just so yeah. far away. And <laughs> there's no overlap. There's no possibility of little encounters here and there. It's not that bad in this one, to be fair. But it's just bonkers that they basically manufacture it as well. Like she, I think she wanders off from the doctor a couple of times to go and chat with Xu Ying. And it's just to give her something else. Like, so they can swap scenes between stuff happening with the doctor and stuff happening with Ace. It's just, yeah. Yeah. Is it just Doc needs to spend time either just docking or he needs to spend time with bagels and therefore everyone else who's there just needs to be preoccupied and you can't have Ace doing her own thing so Ace needs to have someone else to hang out with. And someone, maybe it's Aronovich or maybe it's the Beeb, they go, Ace needs a friend who's her age and they really get along super well. Maybe that could be a fun idea but i don't feel like it worked at all here i had two theories about what was going to happen and neither one happened one was that when they take off what is clearly going to be prince charming's helmet and prince charming is underneath there i thought ace and face were just gonna go oh hubba hubba what a hunk like holy moly uh i'm not gonna finish that sentence like wow <laughs> we are so hot for this dude because he's meant to be kind of a Prince Charming-ish character. And Prince Charming. He's like, yeah. uh, he's Anselin. I was going to say he's Lancelot, but he's not. He's Anselin. <laughs> but instead, they completely shun him. Like, there is absolutely no interest in him whatsoever. So then I thought, they're going to be an allu- allusion to some sort of romance between them. Because they're practically soulmates. They couldn't have more in common. Yeah, true. Ace and face. But then that also turned out not to happen. No, it just seemed, it just seems like a distraction. Because the weird thing is, I think, if for some reason they decided Ace should be quite young. Like, she's 17? Is that right? We looked this up before. I don't remember. I think it's something like that, yeah. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure she got abducted or accidentally teleported, or whatever it was, when she was 16. Like, she was pretty young. She was then found in that cafe, space cafe. Yeah. And we're not sure how long she's been traveling with the Doctor. We're told, actually, weirdly, they're in, they're on Earth three years in her future, which suggests that yes. 1989's Earth, like, more time has happened on Earth than it has for Ace, which is odd. Yeah. I don't know. That's Weird detail. It, it, I like it, though. She, I mean, I yeah. can't say that it's a bad thing. Yeah, no, that's fine. So maybe she's 18 now? I don't know. But yeah, there's the weird thing where I feel like she's old enough they can have fun with the fact that she wants to get a vodka at the bar, but not old enough where she can sit at the bar chatting with Pat and Blind Lady. Because that could have been the distraction. That could have given them something to do rather than yeah, make true. up this other character that has to be her age, you know. And But she wants to be a barfly. She wants to sit there and have, order some vodka and drink and Doc says no. Yeah. And it's just, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> okay, you mentioned you mentioned the blind woman who, towards the end of the serial, is no longer blind. That says quite a lot about Morgaine, I think. Or yes, or does it? Yeah, no, I think it does. So Morgaine, why does Morgaine give her her sight back? I mean, the real reason I don't understand. It's set up like Mordred's been a dick. And she she does it as a kind of like a joking thing to pay the tab, even though they've only just worked out what paying the tab means. They're very good at picking up the lingo. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's really well done. You're right. 
Okay, well, all right, how about this? Yeah, three options. Is it that she's ashamed of her son and she wants to compensate for her son's behavior? Or, option two, is it that there is some inherent good in her and she does this because she wants to genuinely, authentically, she wants to help someone? Or is it like a manipulative thing where I'm going to do this for you and then you will have to worship me for it. And then after that, you better believe I'm going to treat you like shit. You know, is it a, mm. I'll give you a couple of little, is it a Faustian thing almost? I'll give you something in return for your soul. <laughs> I Yeah, I'm not even sure if there is intention either. Like it might just be one of those things that someone thought would be cool to do. But I think it's possibly, yeah. you can explain it with a little bit of all of those, plus a little bit of just, it shows off her power as well. That's like, true. That's a very good point. Yeah. Which is, is a little bit into the last Faustian thing, I suppose. Even if you're not in feeling like you're indebted, you're at least in awe and possibly frightened. They're going to tell everyone, holy fuck, this sorceress restored my sight. Don't mess with her. Yeah. Or or go queue up and see if she'll restore whatever. <laughs> thing is wrong with you pub landlord goes i've, I've tried all the blue pills can you please <laughs> yeah yeah because we do see like, i don't know if this is why you came up with these possible options but we do see that she's not overly impressed with her son like in the end she practically disowns him although for some reason then he's what? by her side again yeah, that is actually one of... I wrote very few questions. I don't even have my notes up. Like, this is how conducive to dialogue this serial is. I'm not even looking at my bullet points. But one of my introductory questions was, what the hell happens between her and her, her kids? Because they're like, do they just fade back into the old dimension? And are they now friends? Because you're right, she is not very happy with him. And she kind of abandons him or tries to sacrifice him or something. Yeah, I kind of... Around act two-ish. What so, what did happen? Something led up to the fact that, I mean, he was being threatened first by Doc, then by Bagels. And she was like, ah, fuck it. I don't care. He's only my son. And yeah, obviously he's that pissed him off. Yeah. I think she sends all of her soldiers into onto the battlefield and just tells them, well, kill everyone. Like, just destroy everything. Flatten this place. Raise it to the ground, and he's yeah. there. And he takes it very personally. Weird. Well, she, yeah. In fact, I finally found the bit of my notes because this is right oh, at the nice. start of episode four. Yeah. So okay. Doc threatens to decapitate Mordred. So it's not even just kill him; it's decapitate him. Like that's wow, serious wow. shit, Doc. But yes, at least Doc doesn't go through with that. And then Bagels comes along and says, "Well, I can threaten you, and you know I'll do it." <laughs> and then yeah, Morgane says die well my son like right okay and so she just leaves him yeah yeah, yeah there is no Sorry. question i misremembered yeah. and then like i felt like he came in almost to come after her and then they both end up teleporting away together and i thought that was that was it they were just they were escaping but it turns out they teleported next to the nuclear weapon and yeah it was another act to follow right. there yeah so yeah that was a little bit weird i think a few things got a bit too loose end floating around <laughs> at the end of a script. Couldn't quite tie all together. Oh, and then they try and set off the nuclear weapon. But end. they try to... There's something... There's a step in between that actually had I'd forgotten about. And that is, they have a demon who is going to destroy the entire universe. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, don't um, uh... yeah this they have a demon that there's an they actual I mean, honest to god demon other than other than his name he's actually pretty fucking cool 
I mean, the destroyer. The Jesus. destroyer. The destroyer. He looks so good. That yeah. mask is amazing. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. I want that outfit. <laughs> that on a blazer. I would wear that to work. He's... So they let him loose. Wait, hang on. Wait. Why do they have him? Morgaine He's their prisoner. summons him. Is, is okay. she already imprisoned him? And then just brings well, him... When he shows up, yeah. he's wearing silver handcuffs. And yeah. he can't break silver. And he's wearing silver chainmail. Oh, yeah. I think I just wasn't sure if it was the case that she was casting a spell to pull him from wherever he was and chain him at the same time, or whether she'd previously done that and she was just moving him. It's a minor detail, not important, I guess. But yeah, somehow... She summons a universe-destroying demon. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, and when Ace and Face are in that circle and she's sort of de facto imprisoned them, she goes, I'm going to make both of you his concubines in hell. Yeah. yeah. I, Not I, cool, Morgaine. Handmaid. <laughs> he says handmaid. She says handmaidens. But yeah, that uncool. Okay. Why do you have a demon who apparently resides in hell, hence you have summoned him? Why do you want to yeah. give him the two adolescents and why do you let him loose? She's willing to dis- destroy that entire universe. Setting yeah. up one nuclear bomb at the end is nothing compared to that. Nothing. It's a first. Is he really? He, yeah, eater of worlds, plural. Okay. He says, yes. I'm going to start with this world, and when I'm done with this world, I'm going to eat another world. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm done with that, I'm going to eat more worlds. Like, well, right, okay. Well, I guess, you know, <laughs> if you find something that you really love doing, then you've got to stick with it. You've got to do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, more power to you, Destroyer. Well done. You're living <laughs> your best life. <laughs> I, yeah, it kind of played out as if she brought him along as a big threat, but I don't know. But she didn't know that circle was going to be there protecting them. In fact, she she has to really discover that the hard way of like trying to grab the sword. But at this point, she's already summoned the destroyer, I'm pretty sure. And then she pops him next to them and says, all right, fuck you. You can live with him for eternity. And that feels like a bit of a threat. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's all a bit weird. It felt like... It is a bit weird. But that, that uh, circle scene need... also... Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I, I don't know how to finish that thought, to be honest. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I was going to say, in that scene with the circle, where we have the demon, we have Morgaine, we have the demon, in many ways, it encapsulates that one expression that we go back to many, many times in this serial. It's, is this actually an Arthur C. Clarke quote, or is it that Arthur C. Clarke is just famous for having quoted it? I'm not sure. But that any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from the most horrendous racist line we have ever heard on Doctor Who. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, the line is obviously, any sufficiently advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic, which they say a couple of times in this serial. And they even turn around at some point when they're in that interdimensional spaceship. Doc says, "It, it also works the other way around. And Ace is like, what, you mean really advanced magic is indistinguishable from science and he's like yeah that's right something blah 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 I'm paraphrasing but what I was going to say was in that scene with the circle even though they are protected by the circle there's still some weird mind fuckery going on and Ace delivers a barrage of racist rhetoric aimed directly at face does she? what the hell did she not remember this? so she says hang on do you have the I, I know they get this is where they basically they think the other one has said something and they react to it yes, exactly. aggressively look up the term uh, look up shut up and then see how that sentence continues it's in part three okay I think that might not have been in the version I watched 
Okay, I definitely watched that, and I've not looked at the transcript, so I transcribed that myself when I watched it, and I just wrote, holy fuck, oh my god, I get that this was sorcery, but that is the most racist line I've heard in Doctor Who so far. Yeah, that's, oh dear, yeah, we're not going to say that. Yeah, no, no, let's not say that on this show. Uh, That's interesting, wait, you didn't see that in the version that you watched? Well, I know I was writing some notes at that point, it's possible I just didn't hear it, but yeah, I'd be watching it on not BritBox like because ITV bought it. Yeah. It's possible they have edited stuff like that out. It's probably more likely I just I didn't pay attention enough. And Maybe just did it. Yeah. yeah. Well, either way. Wow. Yeah, that's all I said. Exactly. Yeah, wow. You put this in a serial bead. I get it. There's a bad person who's making this happen, but fuck. Yeah. No, yeah. It's 1989. Stuff was different. Blah, blah, blah. But still, this is, we this is from about the, the mouth. And about the 70s, and that was yeah, I know. 19, fake 1989. I'm not sure that excuse was no, it's No, it's yeah, definitely not excusing it like, at all. But it's even worse. That, because yeah, the bad guy is saying this, that's fine. But then you have to contextualize that, and I feel like that's kind of missing from this scene. All, all we get is we have a distraught good person, Ace, saying this, and then afterwards going, oh my god, I can't believe that I'm mean to you, and then they hug. But fine, I get it. But I needed no, something no, else there, you know. I needed something to just go. I would never say that. I don't feel that. That is not the right. Th- yeah, maybe I'm asking to be spoon-fed morality, but I, I was missing that. No, hundred percent. Yeah, that, that is like if you could. Yeah, if you're gonna put that in, you need to recognize what you've just done, and that needs to be addressed. It can't just yeah sit there, which is what they did. Um, yeah, yeah, that's really really bad. Oh dear, oh, I I completely completely derailed us. I'm so sorry. What were you gonna say? I have no idea. What were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about the Destroyer before. So let's just... We're not raving about stuff as much as we could be. Let's rave about this Destroyer because looks okay. friggin' awesome. And I didn't think I would ever be so impressed by saliva dripping off fangs. <laughs> But that was amazing. <laughs> There's so much. There's someone with a little squirty bottle or, or just a little hand pump inside of the mask. Just go, oh, I'm going to fucking squeeze so much spittle out of this monster's mouth. Yeah, you're right. Don't think I didn't notice. That is a, a one wet mouth. <laughs> <laughs> just can't wait. Like, it's just surrounded. Imagine, it's just like you're you're stood on a pile of donuts. Like, he wants to eat the world. I mean... <laughs> It's just like everything is food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so true. The aesthetics of that demon, by the way, of the Destroyer, reminded me of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, of that Uh, level of demon. Interesting. I see what you mean, yeah. Really high-level prosthetics. Yeah, good shit. Good shit. Mm. Uh, Not quite sure why, yeah, he's, he's in this, but yeah, good. What haven't we covered? Bessie! Come on, oh, how happy yes. were you to see Bessie? I mean, um, <sighs> right, I'm not going to make any friends by saying this. I'm not a big fan of Bessie. Oh, okay, fine. Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Move on. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, nice that Bessie is there. Yeah, it is. You know what? Actually, I take it back. It is a nice thing that they are bringing that back and that the Seventh Doctor also gets to drive around in Bessie. I think it's maybe even a little extra nice that at the end, Doris, that's the name, Doris, is it Doris, Ace, Face, and Bambera? Yes. They set off in... in Old Night Out. Yeah. Exactly. And Bagel's Doc Hunt. Is it Prince Charming? I think it's Prince Charming. Yeah. 
they stay behind to cook dinner and do like chores. It's just like lads, lads, lads. <laughs> wow, I want to see that movie. I really want to see the movie of <laughs> Bagels <laughs> and the Immortal Time Lord and Prince Charming from a parallel dimension having like a stag night in Bagels' estate. I want that movie. BBC, you owe it to us. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Because, yeah, Ansel is a party boy, I'm sure. So. He Definitely. won't let them get to the work first. And as soon as he realizes Doc's got a We've time machine... We've got some wenches into here. <laughs> <laughs> like, it'll be party, 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 and then they'll be thinking, oh, we can just go back in time and then clean up. That's and then exactly. something will happen to the TARDIS, and then there'll just be a madcap half-hour cleanup session before everyone gets back. Yeah. Meanwhile, the girls will be ours. Strip joint. They'll have doing all the kinds of stuff, you know, shots oh, out when of... When they come back... Strip of belly buttons. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that as well. Yes, I desperately want to see this film. Then when they come back and they see the three dudes, Doc, PC, and the bagels, and they're like, did anything eventful happen? I was like, no, 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 nothing eventful. We tied it up a little bit, and then we watched Bake Off and we went to bed. They're like, really? And we pan up, and from a chandelier is like, there's a thong hanging or something. Like, there's some things they are alluding to. Oh, you had... You had a wild time, didn't you? You gits. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I want to see that desperately. But yeah, anyway, sorry, I think we were talking about Bessie. So Bessie, <laughs> nice that wow. Bessie's there. Yeah, yeah, that was a tangent. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Other Doctor Who callbacks, call forwards. When Doc whips out the two ID cards for Ace and himself, did you also think, wait, is this how they're going to introduce the psychic psychic paper? Oh, I thought it was psychic paper. Was it not? No, I don't think so. I think this was his old ID from Unit, and he gives her the ID badge from, I can't remember which one, but one of his companions from that era. Yeah. I did note that. Is, is this Sarah Jane, actually? No. Maybe. I don't remember. Yeah, I know it because Ace was saying, like, I don't, like, who's blah, blah, blah. I don't look anything like her. Yeah. And I could have sworn she was holding a blank piece of paper I in the, it, in the holder, but. Do you have the transcript there? Elizabeth Shaw. I was going to say Liz Shaw, yeah. Yeah. I don't even look like her. Yeah. Liz Shaw is, I'm pretty sure, the first companion that we get in that era. I think she's the first third Doctor companion. Right. Hang on, I'm looking her up. Yeah, she shows up in Speared from Space. So she is the very first in-colour companion on Doctor Who. But they looked like they were in the wallet that the psychic paper is in normally. Exactly. And and to the point where I didn't look closely enough. Must have been very distracted writing notes during this this watch. (laughs) Yeah, and I thought it was just psychic paper. I didn't even register this. This could be the first time we had psychic paper. But yeah, turns out none of that. Okay. Nope. Nope, it's new only. Oh, but do you want to take an I- interesting segue from here? Because yes, did please. you know or recognize more game? Yes, and I knew this was exactly the segue <laughs> you're gonna make. Take it away, my you friend, rascal! No, no, please, please, please! <laughs> yes. I don't remember her actual name, Wait. although I do think I wrote it down. Is it Jean? Is it Jean Marsh? Jean Marsh, yes. Jean Marsh, Jean Marsh, who has she's played two characters. Oh. Doctor Who, 
she was in the Crusades as something. <laughs> Lady Joanna. Joanna, yeah. And then she was in... She's definitely in the Daleks' master plan. I don't know if she's also in the prequel to it. Pl planets, planets of... Uh, what's it called? Planet of... Planet of evil? <laughs> Apologies. Mission to the Unknown. That's two serials before. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, so Mission to the Unknown is like a standalone thing. It doesn't even have the Doctor in it, but I'm pretty sure... Is his name Brett Vian? I think so. So, Nicholas Courtney, who plays Bagels, before he played Bagels, he played a different character called Brett Vian. <laughs> and Brett Vian, I'm pretty sure, shows up in Mission to the Unknown and Dalek's Master Plan. And Gene Marsh's character kills Nicholas Courtney's character. So Morgane kills Bagels, but it's not Morgane kills not Bagels. Wow. I didn't yeah. realize they had... They have met such, before. Yeah, big characters, well, big big actor characters coming back again. Like, the fact that she was yeah. in Doctor Who, then became a companion, then comes back. Bonkers. Uh, yeah. I mean, she, yeah, exactly. Sarah Kingdom is her name. I think I think I may only have called her a companion in the Vindex because she's called a companion on TARDIS Wiki or something. But she's like a straight up shit. She's I think one of the time agents or something like that, and she's just straight up horrible. And she kills Brett Vian, and then I'm pretty sure she ages to death. Like there's okay. a the whole Dalek Master Plan thing is they've got a time destroyer, and it just it in its wake it kind of just speeds up time, and she gets stuck in it. And you get to see her just age really rapidly. And it's just like, oh, wow, highly unappealing scene. Really horrible okay. to see someone living yeah, yeah. mummified. Horrible. Yeah, gross. Good, yeah. But yes, you're absolutely right. Massive Doctor Who connection. Yeah. Since we're doing actors, PC, Prince Charming, oh, yeah. was played by some dude who was also in Evil Dead 3, a.k.a. the Medieval Dead, in which he played Lord Arthur. Oh, wow. He's, yeah. he's a bit typecast then. <laughs> Yeah, slightly. <laughs> that is such a good film, by the way. If you haven't seen Evil Dead 3, it's amazing. I have not. <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. The Medieval Dead. Oh, no, it's fantastic. It's got some incredible stop-motion animation in it. Oh, I do like stop-motion. Mm. Yeah. Watch it. You um, watch it. I've got one more actor. Okay, go go, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. oh sorry, I'm going to speed through. I'm going to just speed go. through this, blast through this one actor. It's Christopher Bowen, who played Morris, by which I mean Mordred. 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 <laughs> Damn you, order correct. He was in the Poirot episode, Murder in Mesopotamia, which I watched only last week. Slight tangent, I am right now in the middle of Sad Cyprus, which is the Poirot episode that features Paul McGann. There you go. For all you Poirot heads out there. <laughs> all two of you. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, 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 sorry. All right, back to this episode. But it's nice that you made that a full circle loop with Doctor Who references, because we can do that as well with Angela oh. Bruce, who is Winifred. Oh. So not only is she Deb Lister in that Red Dwarf episode, and very good, Yeah, she was also in a series called Taking Over the Asylum, which was just okay. a six-episode, six one-season thing, which is the very first thing I ever saw. I don't think it's the first thing he ever did. But David Tennant was in. Yeah. What? That's amazing. <laughs> and it is a very good little miniseries from... Uh, oh, that's really good. Was it? 1994. So, yeah, five years after she was in this serial. What was it called? Something the Asylum? Taking over the Asylum. Taking over the... Comedy? Drama? Definitely drama. It's hard-hitting okay. stuff. It's set in a, oh, right. in a mental hospital. Um, okay. As the title would properly <laughs> give yeah. you a clue to. And yeah, there's some tough 
subject matter in there to the point where I was, I was skimming over the Wikipedia entry. Like, it sounds like the BBC were just really, really nervous about it being broadcast. I think at this point in time, generally, stuff that was shown on BBC Two would get re-shown on BBC One at a less prominent slot on a Sunday evening, late at night thing. To say that it got onto yeah. BBC One sort of thing. And they didn't do it with this because they were just really worried that it was really serious stuff and people might sense complain. Sensitive audiences might yeah, react well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it, it's a really good series. Okay. And yeah, David Tennant is amazing in it. Okay, yeah, I'm definitely watching that. Do you want to talk Ghost Snake? Do you want to talk King Arthur? Do you want to do... <laughs> Uh, do you want to talk morsels, maniacal laughter? Do you want to talk? I feel like there's quite a lot we can talk about. Do you want to talk uh, dig hole here? What? <laughs> do, do you want to? Do you want to talk? Okay, you know what? I could. I'm not even joking. This is not hyperbole. I could spend half an hour talking about those hygienic ear toppers that they've got covering the headphones in the helicopter. The, those are what? amazing. Like just the oral, that's AU, oral hygiene <laughs> considerations. I have you know to when, admit, didn't spot that at all. <laughs> you know when sometimes you go to like a, a hospital setting or a, a GP setting or whatever it might be and they go, oh, it's raining and gross out there. Put on these blue things on your shoes. Yeah. Those, yeah but for, that, but for uh, your headphones. Okay. Bagels is wearing that for his headphones, as is the pilot. Great. Half an hour, easy. We could do half an hour on that. Okay, wait. Can we actually talk about that scenario beyond just headphone sanitization? What what was your take on the pilot, who I think is called Lavelle? Right. Did you... No. Okay, if you've got something to just say, you just say it. No, I, no, no, I no, won't put words No, 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 please, please, please. No, no, no. I don't want to lead you down a particular path if you're not going to go there. If you no, 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 no. I wasn't going to say anything and I very rudely interrupted you. Oh my goodness, come on, please. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> We've just lost half the podcast and I was like, get on with it. Okay, maybe it was just me, but did you feel like they were like weirdly sexualizing her and making a bit flirty dialogue stuff and then she goes... Oh, oh, my knee, like when the helicopter crashes and oh. she's like, her, even like her uniform's quite disheveled and Bagels gets to be the hero and wander off to get help. And it's just a really weird dynamic with Interesting. I did not pick up on the sexualization at all or even the flirtiness. The The only thing that I picked up on in the helicopter, as in when they were still in the helicopter, was... Why, sort of, why are they still in this helicopter? Did we get bagels into this cereal so that he could spend 20 minutes in a helicopter? That's yeah, not yeah. entertaining to me. Half of the time, he is asleep. <laughs> why are we watching him? But when you brought up the helicopter pilot, it suddenly dawned on me, this is another loose end that we never revisit. She just lands and waits for help. <laughs> yeah. She just leaves her there. Exactly. He's like, don't worry about it. I'll get help. Does he? Does he fuck? No, he leaves. There's a plume of smoke. People are probably just going, yeah, there's probably someone just camping out there or something. There's clearly just someone barbecuing or whatever. No, there's a helicopter pilot slowly starving to death, fending for her life as wolves try to eat her gummy leg. No, this is... Why did you not pick up this plot? Oh my god. Okay, okay. I want to put a challenge out to podcast land. Someone with video editing skills... Please, yeah. just take a little snippet of her sat there. I think she, there's a moment where she's sat there on her own. Bagels has gone. Put a filter over top so it looks like nighttime. Play the soundtrack of an owl hooting. 
and make that a little post credit scene of her just waiting for help. <laughs> oh, it's so tempting to do that as a teaser for this episode. It's been a while since we had a teaser. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, oh, oh my God. And then I'm just scrolling through my notes and just seeing the terrible yeah. line that Mordred says that you could you could also play at the end of it. And I don't know, you could have some fun. What is that? But Mordred says, I put part the curtain of night <laughs> is that mordred's uh, crazy laughter scene i'm not no there's, there's a that, there are ceremony two, there are two terrible scenes with mordred i think <laughs> i think the laughter one is separate wait 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 no 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 it is i think one is when he does some sort of sword ceremony and i could yeah, tell yeah. you what sword ceremony that is no you're you're 100 right it is the same one i think maybe we it does a quick scene change in the middle but it's the same thing what is that scene what is what's the ceremony he's doing well i think <laughs> possibly maybe i can Not tell quite you sure. well. i love it <laughs> but try please <laughs> i think that is them in their dimension yep. using Excalibur that's in our dimension and forming some kind of teleport bridge thing. But he is that's holding a sword. Moment. So is he holding... Are there... Okay. Are there two Excaliburs? Yeah. Excaliburs. Is there one in our dimension and one in theirs? I don't know. Are they talking to one another? Hey, I told you in advance. I didn't understand this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. All I know is Excalibur has a really shitty red light at the bottom of it that goes wibble wobble. Yeah. That's truly terrible effect. I can't believe they zoomed in on that. It was. It is a bit. It's a bit much. I know. <laughs> okay, wait. Hang on. What else are we done? Oh, I don't know. There's so much. There's so much random shit. Like it's just bonkers. Like I could. I could talk about this for hours. Like you could talk about the sanitized headphones. Yeah, the hygiene beard toppers. <laughs> I'm just scanning through my notes. It's just, it's just like, I had the subtitles on at least at some point when I was watching this. And the scene after Mordred's maniacal laughter, all the lights go out in the hotel bar, whatever. And it is. everyone screams, Doctor, yeah. for no reason. Oh, did they say Doctor? I don't know. But the caption, the subtitle at that point was just all screaming. And it just, it is, <laughs> A, that's hilarious. B, their screaming was terrible. It was just yeah. so laughably bad. Like, that <laughs> that was the end of school production level bad. Yes, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Speaking uh, of end yeah. of something, do you want to talk yeah. about cliffhangers? Do you want to do the Jim Does Cliffhangers? Oh, God. Okay, fine. What did we have? Oh, the bad nights that Mordred yes. leads and there's one other one like that the has expendable a, has a speaking role the rest of them are just pawns yeah oh who I, I was just referring to as the leader which was probably Mordred actually at this point have so. come come to kill everyone and scream he screams kill them kill them now and then Winifred comes in tries to shoot a knight I don't quite know how they got out of that to be honest but I don't know shitty cliffhanger to be honest what do we get episode two? Oh what we were possibly going oh. to talk about. <laughs> yeah, ghost the snake. Ghost snake. <laughs> and Ace stuck in a water-filled cell. Yeah, which she apparently got injured by when it was filling yeah, up. Yeah, and Doc, like, saved the day. Sly McCoy yeah. saved the day. We all read the same trip. Like, everyone you, from trivia. persecution. You've probably all read it as well out there in podcast land. Yeah, Sophie Aldred, I think, got, got a cut in her hand, but it sounds like it could have been much worse because the glass just exploded. 
and the water went everywhere. Well, in the actual episode, you can see it crack. I Yeah, I read that afterwards. I didn't go back and actually see. Did you notice it when you watched then? I, yeah, absolutely noticed it when watching it. I also read yeah. the trivia after watching the serial. So, oh, yeah, shit. Well, I'm assuming that that's actually the crack they're talking about. Yeah. Otherwise, what are the odds? Yeah, so... It must have been pretty scary. And... Yeah, so... Close to not having having a scene. Yeah, and then Ghost Snake knocks Doc out. That's the cliffhanger. But... Phew, is that a good... Is that a good cliffhanger? Well, it sets up some tension, I suppose. Like, my beef with cliffhangers, as we all know, is uh-huh. whether it can be resolved well. Yes. And How is the Ghost Snake resolved? By the fact that... Doc isn't really knocked out. He immediately springs up again and manages to release Ace and then gets smacked again. But yeah, it does carries on. I think as he gets smacked again, they replay the same footage. I think you're right. Because <laughs> I yeah. noticed that as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then Bagels wanders in and I don't know how Bagels like, reads the room so quickly and just like, oh, yes, that blinky weird thing on the floor. If I step on that casually, that will get rid of this ghost snake. <laughs> I mean... Classic bagels. Fair enough, it he worked. He knows his <laughs> ghost snake off buttons. Yeah, well done. Yeah. And... Oh, episode three's cliffhanger we already talked about. This is Morgane saying, you can go be concubines in hell with this lovely blue chap. Yes, exactly. Yeah. 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 I think you know how I feel about that one, but... Yeah, yeah, no, it's not, not great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, clearly this is a serial that we could discuss for hours and hours and hours on end. At some point, we're just going to have to call it. Oh, Are we calling it? How about we call it right there, then? <laughs> <laughs> Let's. <laughs> and now it is time to rate this. Did we laugh or hate this? Bing bong, bing bong, hey, la 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 Ratings. Well done for making this far. You are into our mini section, and I was sneaky, very, very, very sneaky. So won the finger on Tip of Noah's game, and Leon has to go first with his review. That's right. And this might be way too high or way too low. I'm not entirely sure. We are about to find out where to start. Okay, I know exactly where to start. Hark, podcast land, for we hath returned to ye gloried pinnacle of classied fare. <laughs> this serial is the shit. I really enjoyed it. It combined all the best elements of Classic Who. Bagels, Mad Doctor, actual temporal shenanigans. It has a flipping madcap baddie so OTT, the O is spelled, oh my sweet buttery Moses is that TT. It accomplishes so much before somewhat glossing over the third act and somehow convincing me that it all made sense, even though I think we've by now proven that it really does not on any level. That said, the Doctor is fabulous. He is fun and clever and full of action. He is confidently clownish or clownishly confident. Take your pick. I loved his interplay with Ace when they got to have an interplay, who herself does mostly a great job, I think. Don't fully understand the choice of diluting her character with an Ace facsimile, but hey-ho. Bagels is equally lovely. Wow, does he ever have a nice house. I would like to retire in a style (laughs) like that as well. I love the, oh, probably just another peace conference line. Fantastic. And that line in the garden center that you mentioned before that I'd totally forgotten. It's such a nice little scene. 
as did I enjoy the realization that running across a lawn and getting into a chopper is tantamount to Viagra to bagels. That's terrific. <laughs> he looks so vivacious. And his reunion with Doc was truly touching. That was a really heartfelt moment. I felt hot warmed by it. Alas, like I said, I did not like Ace and him not getting along. I wanted to see a scene at the end of their rapport before they part ways where she where they recognize some sort of quality in each other and become friends you know hey the friend of my friend is is a friend of mine that sort of thing the story in general is so magnificently redonk that i am i think fully on board yeah you want to say that future doc is past merlin count me in bbc is there an underwater interdimensional spaceship with a door shaped like a fish and a ghost eel god dog yeah, makes sense. What else would you have? Bagels inexplicably points a gun at a lady cosplaying in a village cemetery. Yeah, what else you got, bro? Are you telling me that that's what happens in villages? Maybe. Go for it. Production value is terrific, and it's 80s, and it's bonatastic. The greatest asset is freaking everything, okay? However, the biggest flaw... And this is, this is tricky because there aren't that many flaws, but where there are flaws, they are considerable. Like, it doesn't make sense. The story is set up, but is it really what happens at the end? Yada, yada, yada. And I'm not 100% sure, but I think possibly for me, the biggest flaw is face. I'm sorry to say that. It's not that face is in it. It's how face is treated. Like, if you're going to have a second ace, then make something of that character. Make her... Give them a lasting friendship, or, or a romance, or add her to the TARDIS team, or have her be the reason Ace stays behind. Something. Definitely cut that barfomatic boom scene, that's for shizzle. But make something more of that character, otherwise it takes something away from the one that you already have. It takes something away from Ace. Main takeaway overall, there's no round table in this serial, but still one a hell of a ride, and I have given this a rating of shit. Again, this is a rating of 4.0. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Thank you, Mr. Leon. Okay. Oh, I guess it's my turn. Well, the question I was asking myself towards the end of this serial is, is this so bad it's good? Or is it just good? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wasn't okay. quite sure. <laughs> I'm not going to keep you waiting, though. I got to tell you, it's good. Right. That's, nice. that's where we are. Okay. Yeah, we've... We've talked quite a lot about this serial. We've gone into lots of little detail. I'm just going to pick out some of some of my notes that were things that entertained me or just, I don't know, things to draw attention to, whatever. Mm -hmm. Brig and his wife being super cute. Loved it. There was a lovely thing that Doc says about Ace at the end. Exotic alien swords are easy to come by. Aces are rare. And I think that, that was just a nice little moment and it sums up I think the relationship between Doc and Ace which is there is this kind of like more protective aspect I think because she is quite young as well anyway I thought that was a nice little line um, yeah. I love that Doc and Ace try and hitchhike and the unit van just drives right past them and then they get picked up afterwards <laughs> great I love that Bagel's comments on how nice London looks in the, in the sunrise but we don't get to see that because they can only film the helicopter from below. So you don't see that they're hovering two feet above some lawn in the south of England or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if this will make it into the edit. But we did briefly mention about the fact that in Doc's handwriting, it says dig hole here. Yes. Uh, yeah. Stupid bonkers, whatever. Doc says, don't worry, Ace. It's only a trap. Nice. The whole thing about, yeah, the whole 
bit untethered logic of Doc having set up stuff. Like the future Doc has been here and done stuff, and so current Doc knows how to get through the situation because he just has to think like how he would think. So he says, "Open up, it's me." To the weird dragon mouth door thing. Yeah, and it opens up. The vision of Mordred lounging, having a beer, a pint at the bar, you know, I love that. I would have loved them to play more into that wheelhouse, to be honest. Just nights drinking in a pub. Come on, that's brilliant. <laughs> and then we did talk about this, the classic, your wife, with your aspect, it is good that she is blind. Such a put down. I mean, that so should have mean. been dialed up. Yeah, Mordred, Mordred should have had more screen time of just being so... So wry with everyone. That would have been great. Like, that was a good side of his character. Most of him was shit, but that was really good. Yeah, to the point where I made a note that Mordred, that his mummy com- complex was getting ridiculous. It was like, my mother this, my mother that. And literally, as I was finishing typing this, Bagels on the screen says, he's getting tired about hearing about Mordred's mother. And it's like, yes, Bagels, you're saying what we're all thinking. Thank you. <laughs> I love the stupid, like, you're right, the production values in this are really good, actually. But I love the stupid fact that someone gave Doc and Bagels direction to spin themselves into the vortex. With with vortex point of view, and they come close to camera, and they just both do a little spin (laughs) as they are going into the vortex. (laughs) Can't afford to do effect here, chaps. No, just just go... (laughs) Just go 360 and then we'll cut. Okay. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got that. <laughs> oh, I totally missed that. I'm going to have to go back and look at that. Yeah. That it's, so, it's so wonderfully terrible. And then we get this heroic moment where Doc is going to go in with a gun with silver bullets to destroy the destroyer. And Bagels uses the old, is that a spaceship? To grab the gun from Doc and obviously take the heroic moment himself. Yeah, these are all little snippets of, of why this serial is wonderful. We also get loads of action in this. We get Anselin, he gets gently blown up by a grenade and just kind of like whisked on a wire through the roof. And <laughs> When yeah. he flies, that's it's, so it's hilarious. But amazing. <laughs> we talked about this when Winifred and Anvil, sorry, yeah, Anselin turned into Anvil in Windows location. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Very good. They're just fighting. Like, they're literally rolling around on the grass in the background, and Doc just wanders off and is like, oh, fuck that shit. Yeah, it's just <laughs> nice. And then, yeah, there's a full on frigging war zone at the dig site at the end. There are explosions left, right, and center. And we're seeing it from like afar. And it, it looks like horrific, but amazing. You know, it's just, it was. So so weirdly well done and not yeah given given enough time. Like I don't know how much money they just wasted on explosives and we see it for three seconds, but it was worth it. <laughs> yeah, they don't call the um, battlefield for nothing. No, true. Well done. Yeah. And said destroyer himself. Like he's he's not obviously gonna appear and disappear without throwing bagels through a wooden wall. Of course not. <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, so that was all kind of nonsense things. I'm not doing a proper review, sorry. But the other thing I did want to pick up on, I think you alluded to this a little bit in your review, Mr. Nil, but I actually really, really love the fact that there is a thread through this serial that everyone can recognize Doc, be it Doc as Doc or Doc as Merling, despite what he looks Mm. like. They can tell by his presence, his manner, whatever it is. 
Like Bagels does it, Anselin does it, Morgane probably has done it. They can all just lock on to, to Doc and see you are the doctor slash Merlin doesn't doesn't matter you don't look like him I really like that and I think that's a core part of Doctor Who's been established over the years and they really drill that through a lovely thread in this so yeah you're not going to get my (laughs) thoughts from this this number's just going to come out of nowhere to you because that's just a load of random shit but I did enjoy this serial. It's not perfect. I knocked some points off for that horrible racist line that they put in there, which I'm quite glad I missed. But yeah, points deducted for that. But then I talked myself up a little bit because it's just a fun serial. And we've happily chatted about this for like an hour and 45 minutes. And it was entertaining. 3.7. 3.7. Nice. Okay, yeah, that is that is solid. I, I started at a 4, then went down to a 3.5 and then came back up again. Oh, okay. Oh, that's that's quite a journey. Just on the racist line point, I think it's clarified in in serial that it is Morgane's doing. This is some black magic somehow being worked. It's affecting Ace. This is not Ace's typical natural behavior. But where is where is the wording coming from? Where is everything coming from? Is that coming from Morgane? Is that coming from within Ace? That's never, it's never elaborated on, and for that reason, it's... Yeah. I mean, I would... Wrong. I would even go one further. Like, the bits I did hear and made a note of sounded more like the kind of thing... It's a bit of a trope you see in TV and film where, like, people are reacting to their worst fears, almost. Their worst... And and the worst part of then comes out. And that's what it felt like with the other bits. Every time they misheard something is, like, Shu's reaction was all about feeling stupid. It's like, I'm not dumb. Don't yeah, call me dumb. Why are you calling me an idiot? Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah, that is a thing that's very much an issue for her. She doesn't want to be seen as stupid. That's the way that felt like. And yeah, to put then these words into Ace's mouth basically says deep down she's a racist, which is not good. Yeah, that's part of why I don't really like it either. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. There are opinions. Anywho. Those are our opinions. Yeah. Fantastic mini dude. Nice one. Are we the only people with opinions? No, I think uh, there's a, at least eight other people out there who have opinions. So <laughs> <laughs> why not give them a chance to say something? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> this is now let's hear from Podcast Land. Max 250, or it would get out of hand. Oi, oi, you lucky people. <laughs> Welcome to the Listener Minis portion of this podcast episode. <laughs> Oh, it's so classic. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, as I believe we mentioned earlier, we've got eight listener minis to read out. Four of them yes. are going to be read in full because one of them is really, really tiny. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, they just get a little snippet. That's right. That's how it is. That's how it is. Okay, we settle in. First up. Who's first? Mr. G.P. Haynes. Ah, G.P. I said G. You say P. G.P. J.P. Yes, right. Hello, GP. Right. Hello, GP. GP says, Yay, the Brigadier's back. And we get two for the price of one. This is an entertaining enough story, even if I didn't quite understand how all the other dimension stuff worked. Ace and the Doc are great together again, with some really touching moments, and the spotting cast were also all pretty good in general. The devil alien costume was amazing. And the highlight was the return of Bessie. Wait, the highlight? The highlights? 
Pajini. Hey, can agree to disagree. It's fine. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Voltaire, once again, the seventh doctor shows a darker side, seemingly able to mind control people. Yeah, it's true. The only thing I couldn't work out was that psychic paper that the doctor used to first see the brigadier. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but now you've actually... Wait, no, now I'm doubting myself. I do. I kind of want to watch that scene again and see if there's anything on the bits of paper. It really looked like a blank piece of paper. But why would... Okay, why would Ace see the name Elizabeth of Shaw. my companion? Yeah, I mean... She no, the, of Liz Shaw. the fact that they are real identification documents makes more sense, yeah. given the dialogue. Yes. I think so. All right. Yeah. GP, that might be your answer. I'm not entirely sure. GP continues. I can find no reference online that this was the first use, but it seems to me that this was the case. Yeah, see prior point. All in all, this was a great start to the final season of Classic Who. Could not agree more. It's a shame well, it will all be over soon. And GP gives this a rating of 3.6 sword fights with knights from another dimension. Holy solid, solid minion, a solid rating. Holy smokes, Jim Cakes, here's your friend who agrees with you. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Sliver of paper nice between one, us. GP. Nice one, GP. Very nice. People who are not GP should check out GP because he is a serious globetrotter. GP can be found aware, Jim Cakes. At Finding G-Spots. That's right, it's on Insta and YouTube. Thanks, GP. Nice. Next up, it's none other than Michael Ridgway. 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 Hello, Michael. Hello there, Michael. Long time to uh, see, it feels like. It does feel like that. Michael has given us some Battlefield mini memories. Ooh, I. To prepare for the momentous third and final season of Doctor Who, Doctor Who only began with McCoy, I ordered it on Blu-ray. Unfortunately, the Blu-ray is stuck in a shipping container in Accra. So I'm going off memories from 1989 and possibly a grainy VHS from the 1990s. Amazing. Okay, we are so prepared. Michael then goes into some likes. Everything! Oh my goodness, bagels, Bessie, unit, space knights, a space snake, don't step out of the circle, the destroyer, the doctor is Merlin, a helicopter, did I mention bagels? I just tried to do the best I can. Ah! That's in all caps, by the way, podcast land. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies, I read mine there. I don't know. <laughs> Michael then provides a <laughs> section, which comprises the following. Go to hell. <laughs> <laughs> After which we're on to a rating of Os Kel Surprise, five out of five surviving unit troops suffering severe PTSD. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep. That about checks out. <laughs> Fabulous, nice. Michael. I hope your Blu-ray box sets arrives very, very soon. Indeed. Yeah, that's a fantastic mini. Exactly what we've come to expect from you, Michael. People who are not Michael should absolutely high-five Michael online and ask him ask him about the Accra shipping container postal service. What's it? Where, where can Michael <laughs> be found? He can be found at bad. Underscore. Movie. Underscore. Club. That's right. That's no, it's exactly weird. Right. I don't like it. No, it's the wrong way around. <laughs> But, but thank you, Michael. <laughs> thank you so much, Michael. And might I add, so big, who's next? <laughs> next up, it is Stephen from Canada. from Canada. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Stephen. 
Steven starts. For point of reference, I have watched the reconstruction of the VHS extended version included on the season 26 Blu-ray box set. Okay. Ooh. Battlefield, or as I like to call it, Brett Vion's Revenge is a very badass story. I only have yeah. one gripe. All right, the okay. Doctor is completely wrong about there not being concrete in the 8th century. Humans have been using concrete since 6,500 BCE. 8,521 years ago at the time of writing. Wow. Holy moly. And uh, if that is your one and only gripe, then no wonder... Stephen says, overall, this story earns five practically perfect Pertwee-era references out of five. And even has Wowzers. sources come at me, says Stephen. And yeah, yeah go to whobackone.com. I promise I will actually have added all of the minis by now. There are two links there about the history of concrete. So yeah, check it out. Thank you very much, Stephen. Fantastic mini. Holy yeah. smokes. You recommend you check out those links if you have trouble sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> and Michael, if you have trouble receiving your season twenty-six Blu-ray box set, then speak to Stephen. Where can we find Stephen online? That is an excellent question. Why we can head online and say hello to him at S Andriachin. Nice. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you very much, Stephen. Who's next? Next, it is Kristaps Paddock. Well, not Kristaps. Kristaps, we've included you in here because you gave us a nice, succinct mini. And it goes exactly like this. Not a high point of the Seventh Doctor's run, but not that bad. Love who tackling Arthurian legend. Finally. Love the 80s knights and lasers vibes. Love the destroyer and that big monster slash devil mask. Somehow, though, it doesn't quite hang together. I'll give it a generous 2.4 attempts to achieve racial and ethnic diversity to reflect modern Britain while simultaneously engaging with classic stories and characters out of five. Fantastic mini, Chris Dabbs. Good stuff. Thank you very much, Chris Dabbs. Very good. Thank you, Chris Dabbs. Right. Snip, snippity, snips, hence force. Who is next? Next up, we've got Mr. Kieran Evans. Hello there, Kieran. Hun. Kieran says snip snippity snip snip and concludes with 3.6 out of 5 as transmitted or 4.1 out of 5 for the extended version. P.S. I strongly recommend the novelization, he adds. Ooh, interesting. Very good. Good stuff, Kieran. Thank you very much. People who are not Kieran, it's that time of year. I know you are really busy transporting things back and forth, but we all need to be mindful of global warming. How can we transport things en masse in a way that is not detrimental to our environment? Jim Cakes, go. Well, of course, you need a van, but to save the environment, you make it electric. Yeah. Maybe you need two of them. Who knows? Absolutely. Definitely. All I know is you yeah. should go to KJE Vans too. Sure. To fulfill yes. those needs. In other Global words. your e-van. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Thank you very much, Kieran. <laughs> Who's next? Next up, none other than the Zoonmeister himself. Peter's good bitch. Peter's good in the house. Hello, Peter. Hello, Peter. Peter says, Dear Doctor, perfection died in the final edit. The Doctor, 3.7. Yeah, it's such a good mini. You should go and read it. Please, Podcast Land, read it in full. Thank you very much, Peter Zunich. Who's next? Next up, it's Ollie Raven. What up, Ollie? Hello. 
Ollie says snip, snippity, snip, 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 and then concludes with overall, I give it 2.9 nights from the Dark Ages out of 5. Mm, interesting. Bringing us back down to reality. Thank you, Ollie. Yeah, exactly. It's another slightly more realistic rating. Thank you so much, Ollie. People should say hello to Ollie online. Where can Ollie be found? Ollie can be found at Foggy Doctor Who. That's Doctor Dr. That's right. Yeah, thank you very much, Ollie. Thank you, Ollie. Next up. Last. Who's last? Last up. It's none other than the the smithing chap who was just, he's come in at the end of the ballroom, surprised everyone by his arrival. It's Neil. Hello, Neil. Hello, Neil. Did you say he's come in at the end of the ballroom? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, the dance just stops because the surprise guest arrives. Oh my god, I, lo- I love it when we hit that this level of tip <laughs> right at the end. This happens every every fortnight podcast. I love it. Oh, hello, it Neil. is great. Hello, Neil. <laughs> yeah, that's what we're doing. We're saying hello to Neil and thanking him for these wonderful words, which are, it's a pretty cracking cereal through and through, explained by the fact that he rates this 4.7 out of 5. That is evidence of a huge heart. Neil, terrific stuff. Peeps, you know the drill. Read it on the website. Say hi to Neil online. He can be found at Neil and Rosani and Neil James Actor. All in one word for your convenience. Thank you very much, Neil. Your convenience, me. <laughs> and thanks to everyone. Holy smokes. Yes, thank Holy you, everyone. And cheesecakes. Good stuff. Of course. That's the end of reviewing Battlefield. It is not the end of reviewing Doctor Who. Uh, I mean, far from it. There's new Who still to come. Yeah. What will be up in that next up? What's the next question? In a sentence that makes sense. (laughs) 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 Thanks, Yoda. I'll take it from here. Uh, Next up, that's an excellent question. Next up, we are going to be reviewing Survivors of the Flux. What's up next in Classic? It's Ghostlight. At some point, we're going to do an audio Who review as well, and that will be of Doctor Who, colon, the punctuation, redacted. Nice. Yeah. Well, that that's it. Does wrap it all up for this episode, then. I think Jim, right. he's been Leon. Hello. You've been still am. Tipsy. Still are. Yeah. If you want to reach out online in the meantime, you can find both of us in various places. I can be found on Mastodon at jimmy at the whatnow.eu and Leon. Jimmy at the whatnow.eu, you say? Yeah, yeah that's what I said. Yeah, really. <laughs> I just realized it's been ages since I did the... Yeah, I made it so you can't do the joke. I yeah, know, I you... ruined it. <laughs> Fucking Twitter sabotage penicillin is what you invented. <laughs> <laughs> All it took was buying a domain name and running my own server. And a server and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> migrating to a new social media platform. You can say hi to me as well, Podcast Land. I, I dare you to say hi to me. I can be found at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. Until the next time. It's been a blast. Um, look after yourselves, Podcast Land. And, and Leon, look after yourself as well. Um, oh, thank you. Uh, yeah, no, I shall. And you, Cakes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Bye. See ya. Yeah, Podcast Land, thanks for being a spiffing audience. Be rad next to each other. Rock on and cha-chow. Kablamo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hey. 
Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash whobackwhen. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome. High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it. We're at whobackwhen. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit. Listen to us on Stitcher and head on over to our website whobackwhen.com where you can submit a review of your own. Browse the article archives and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha ciao What's that in your hand, Jim Cakes? The bottle top. <laughs> oh, from what kind of bottle did that top spring? Well, this what podcast has been brought to you by Schultheis Brewery, and re- most recently in my mini and soon to be the listener mini, a pecan and toffee stout from Brewdog called Just Desserts, which oh, is lovely, interesting. <laughs> which podcast land Cake Boss is drinking out of a gigantic stein, which is pretty fantastic. Very it's just nice. a pint glass, dude. It has a hand. Is it just a pint glass? It looks enormous. Yeah. Maybe I've got tiny sure. hands. Who knows? <laughs> And you have been negroning up at an... I have, I have been yeah. negroning up. I had one, I want to say quadruple negroni up until and including our minis, I think. Yeah, so I think a quadruple negroni yeah. and now I'm drinking a triple. And it's with a really nice vermouth, which is a new vermouth to me, but it's, I think, a vermouth that sadly, I have to confess, I think it's kind of trendy right now. I just oh, no. try it once. Trendy. It's called Cocky. Cocky di Torino. It's very, very nice. It's very citric, so it's a very orangey. If you like an orangey mm-hmm. Negroni, then I recommend it. Very nice. Yeah, that's bloody delicious. What are we doing? Anyway. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somehow um, now I have to... You're welcome, John. That's what we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mention this stout is 7%? <laughs> chin chin old chap. Oh, chin chin old sponge. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you're struggling to talk through your Negroni. It's like, no, I can't pause to talk. Negroniing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can paste that in somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs>